Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello there, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. To those of you who listened last week, welcome back to the second half of our interview with Dudley Edwards. If you missed last week's episode, I was speaking with Dudley, who shot to fame during the 60s, painting psychedelic furniture, shop fronts and Paul McCartney's magic piano. We left him last time discussing how he'd moved in with Paul to paint a mural for him, and I'm sure you'll be curious to know where this took him next. So we're going to follow his journey further in London, then eventually his return back to Yorkshire. Without further ado, let's continue. And I heard, it was at the time they were making Sergeant Pepper, so I heard a lot of the tracks being being actually created, actually created in Fantastic. the studio. And uh, but it was funny. I mean, it's strange times because see, Paul would, when the when the album was came out, he brought the first copies back and everything, and he was showing me these albums that had been signed by all four Beatles. And oh. uh, and uh, I never thought at the time to say, uh, you know, he probably would have given me one if he'd asked for it. You know, I'm but, sure. Uh, but uh, I did get one signed uh, just by Paul from his sister, you know, mm. which I think she still got. And then uh, after after that after that period, after the three months, when Jane was coming back, I think I'd probably be a bit of a gooseberry then. So <laughs> he, he uh, but he said, "Well, Ringo wants a mural doing in his place." Uh, so I went over to Ringo's, which is in Weybridge, because Paul was in the middle of London, really. Right. Yes, yeah, St John's Wood. So I went out to Weybridge and uh, Ringo had this big space in his games room that he wanted me to paint this mural. So I finished up li- living with Ringo for about three months. So three months to do a mural, was it a very large one then, yeah. down one wall? What, what sort of things were you painting on it? Uh, on, I, on either or both of them? Different to, you were more psychedelic now because, because of the drugs, I suppose. Yes. And uh, yeah, they were more fantasy-like. Mm. Ringo would have, you know, he and I would sort of sit and smoke the hooker pipe in his conservatory and get stoned a lot of the time. But, uh, but I did, you <laughs> know, influenced the painting somewhat. Yeah. And uh, we had a good time. I mean, uh, Maureen, uh, his wife, used to come up into the games room where I was doing the mural in, in, in the evening and we'd, we'd all three of us would put on the rock and roll and start bopping and diving. Because <laughs> uh, there was an aspect of, you know, how they... Oh, probably most of the country would have envied the Beatles, mm. and I suppose I would have an element of that. But at the same time, without sounding patronising, I feel sorry for them as well because I mean Ringo had a bar in his house, and I felt sure it's because he missed the pubs; he couldn't mm. just wander into any. Well, pub. they were being mobbed everywhere. They well, weren't, that was weren't it. They? So they, they, no life. Yeah, so they no life in that sense, and uh, so you know, hence probably the chance to to. Do the bopping and uh, and what have you, and uh, and as I say, uh, you know, we we did a lot of drugs at the time, and I think the difference now with people with people who take drugs now, I think a lot of it is either escapism or people just want kicks. And I think in the sixties and the hippie period, a lot of us didn't want that. What we, it was like a we're on a a quest or a, we wanted to know where the mind could go. We'd read things like Oxley's. Mm. Uh, you know, doors of perception and yes. uh, various things, and we want to know where the mind would go. So more experimental, yeah. I think. It, well, yes. I think a lot of it was, mm. and uh, what it showed me was that everything that you can see, hear, feel, and touch isn't everything. Mm. 
Um, but once it, once I'd realised that, I'd no more use for drugs, really. And uh, it was while taking the, the drugs at, uh, at Ringo's that I had a particular experience, which led me, I mean, I won't go into detail, but it led me to uh, uh, what what is now my spiritual master, who was a, a man called Mayor Barber, from, from in, who was in India. And uh, I remember when, uh, when I first found out about Barber, I went round to Paul's uh, when I found out there was a, play, a meeting place in London where I could go t- to hear about Barber. And I went round to Paul's to tell him about it. And funnily enough, he was just, he was having a shave. I remember it clearly. He was, he was in the bathroom shaving and speaking to me through the mirror, the reflection. Yeah. And I told him about Barber. And he says, well, he said, I would have come. He said, but uh, we just have to meet this guy called Maharishi. You know, with the rest of the yes. peoples, you know. And I thought, oh, well, that's... that's Similar lines, really. Yeah, but that's yes. the path that he's yes. taking. And, yes. Um, and I think they were dis- eventually disillusioned with the Maharishi because there were a lot of uh, sort of false gurus around at the time. But to me, I couldn't understand how uh, how easily people were led because uh, you would see some of these gurus, they were driving around in Rolls Royces, they were asking for money, some of them had bodyguards... Uh, and some of them were uh, promoting free, uh, free sex, you know, uh, like lovings and all these kind of things. Uh, and I thought none of that ran true to me. And it's mm-hmm. like Barber was kind of, uh, he, all he preached was love, he never asked for any money. And uh, it was just uh, the more I got to know about him, I mean, I met uh, some of his devotees and I was very impressed with them. Uh, we were due to we were due to meet him uh, to meet Barber in '69, uh, mm. but he he died before '69, uh, so we never got to actually meet him in the flesh. But uh, I felt his presence many a time, which may sound strange to some people. But uh, yeah, that's you know I've pursued that mm. ever since, and uh, since then I've you know I've pursued I've pursued my own work with with my painting and everything, which is no longer psychedelic, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. a different a different path further yeah. down. As you mature as well, I think yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you you take the experiences that you've had and you put them to good use. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. And yes. I think uh, when I've been teaching, uh, I do uh, I do try and uh, discourage when I can people from taking youngsters from taking drugs because uh, I think some of it's insidious, like marijuana and hashish. You know, people can feel soporific on it, whatever. But I think it destroys the will for a lot of people. I mean, I've had, I've had so many students down the years who've not shown the potential just because they, they didn't have the will to carry on. They just, mm. uh, they, you know, uh, just went into this soporific state. And, and that's all they're interested in, yeah. which is sad, really. And they're always going to. That's one mm. thing that's common, that we're going to do this or I'm going to do that eventually and it never... Mm. And it yeah, doesn't happen. No. So I think it does a lot of damage, really. But, uh, now, does uh, does that lead on? I don't know whether it does. That I saw that you had done set up something. Was it on ten, Tentacle? I, that I saw a, that you did that with um, Michael McHenry. That's it? right. That was after I'd just fi- I'd finished at Ringo's, and again I was at a loose end, and I uh, met up with Mike, who was the then editor of the, an underground newspaper called the International Times or IT, as mm. people refer to it. And uh, Mike was the art editor there. Um, so we, we, he was in, being the art editor, he did all the illustrations for the underground press. 
And it's one of the things I loved about the 60s was that uh, it was, they were doing, the youngsters were doing their own thing. Mm. You know, beginning to make their own records, beginning to, you know, think we don't need the, the, the popular press, we can have our own press. And I think we never saw the likes of that again until the punk era. Mm. And which is why I love the punks, even though they were ostensibly written to be anti-hippies. But yes. uh, but uh, we, I love the fact they had that do-it-yourself aspect mm. to it. Anyway, Mike and I got together, and uh, he, he did less for the... From that point on, he was doing less at the International Times. And uh, Mike, again, I mean, he for me, he was... Like when I was with BEV, like I say, Dave was the one who was outgoing mm. and got the clients and everything. And uh, Doug and I were kind of very uh, much more introvert. And we'd have just carried on painting, sat in a corner, expecting the world to come to us and, find, and discover us, and which they, ne- they never would, you know. No. So just as just as Dave had that facility, uh, Mike was very not he wasn't at all like Dave, but he was very gregarious mm. and. Uh, he knew so many people through the IT magazine. So uh, we got a flat together in Shaftesbury Avenue, right in the middle of, every, you know, in the middle of Shaftesbury location. Avenue. But it meant that uh, anybody who was anybody who came to the International Times to be interviewed, and that meant lots of, sort of well-known people from America all over the place, would end up in the evening round at the flat. Right. And uh, it was fine to begin with. It was, you know, it's interesting, but... Uh, it got to the stage where it was a bit like living in a bus shelter. I just you didn't have any time to yourself, you know. So I'd often go and disappear and put a local pub somewhere. And uh, we, there were lots of kind of top musicians that come round and uh, good folk musicians. There was uh, Al Stewart and uh, Bert Jans come round. They'd play the guitars on an evening. Uh, Mick Farron who was with a, a group called the uh, Social Deviants who were kind of way ahead of the time, they were punks before the time. Mm. They just didn't fit in with the era. But he'd, be, he'd come round, he seemed to become a science fiction writer. And so there were all kinds of people popping in and out. But it, it eventually got too much for Mike as well. Mm. And he, and, he, and Mike also got into Mayor Barber through me. And he, Mike, uh, Pete Townsend was a friend of Mike's. And Mike turned Pete onto Mayor Barber as well. Which was the main influence for the uh, the Tommy album that Pete did? Oh right, yeah, and Mike did the cover for it. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, so that that kind of all snowballed. But uh, Pete had moved out to Richmond, and uh, we decided to follow follow, and uh, we got a flat over in Richmond. And there was an old lady who lived out there who was also been a, bar, a devotee of Mayor Barber since the nineteen thirties. So we used to go and see her a lot. It used to be like going back at nursery, we'd all sit round on the floor around her listening to her stories. So the, the, can you just explain what the philosophy is, just if you can put it in a very short... Yeah, uh, well, Mayor Barber, is, uh, he, he explains things far more succinctly than any other guru or mystic or mm. spiritual master I'd ever had before. And he explains why, what we're doing on this earth, why we're here, what, what, exactly what karma is, exactly what reincarnation is, all these aspects. Mm. And they, make, they just seem to make sense to me. I mean, I just thought, uh, you know, it didn't make sense to me that you only had one shot at it. You'd only one life and uh, some people are born in 
some little kids are born in uh, in a war zone and some are born, you know, whatever. I thought, and I thought you only get the one chance and then it's it's burned for eternity, yeah. you know, or, or whatever, or, or on a cloud. And I thought, oh, it's all <laughs> nonsense, you know. Yes. Uh, and this made sense to me. It also chimed with, uh, when you get deeper into it, it chimes with all the Buddhist uh, mm-hmm. uh, philosophy, uh, the early Hindus, the, uh, the Muslims, the, when you get to the kind of more esoteric sides of all these religions, they're all saying the same thing. But uh, Barber was speaking from uh, awareness, his own self-awareness, his own knowledge. He was, you know, he, he knew he'd been in. He was had this kind of consciousness. Mm. But I've no wish to proselytize or gain. You know, I'm not on any kind of missionary thing. I'm not. No, no, to, no. I'm just, we're just curious. That's all because yeah. I'd not heard of him. Yeah. No. Um, no, I, I mean, mean, if people it, ask, I'm always yes. happy to tell them about mm, it, but sure. uh, I don't feel the need to kind of no. do that kind of work, mm. you know. That's your own personal belief. Yeah. Mm. And, it's all, saying, about, yeah, sorry, sorry. and it's all about, sorry, it's all about, essentially about uh, the main thing, the message is love and, mm. you know, uh, unity rather than this things falling yes. going apart. I mean, it, there's certain things that Barbara came out with that are just common sayings now, like, don't worry, be happy. That was his mantra, you know, right, that's where it yes, came from. That's where it know. came from. Oh, and there's so one. many things like that, you know. Mm. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you because yeah, you were sorry. talking about Pete Townsend, didn't you? Were you involved in a documentary with him? Uh, not with him. He, he, with he, him. he sponsored it. He, he sponsored it. it, okay. And so that what? was actually a film of uh, this old guy called Fred, who was also a devotee in their barbers. Mm. And uh, Fred was, by then, he was in probably in his late 80s. Mm. Lots of words of wisdom, and uh, we thought we'd better capture some of this on film. While it's still, while it's still, while it's still there, there yeah. yes, yes, definitely. So Pete funded that. Mm. Now I do know that also. Um, sorry, I know I'm keeping you talking here. It's no, probably not fine. good for you. Throat. No, it's it's fine. Mm. Um, you did something. You went out to Saudi Arabia to do something. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, what happened there? This is when. Well, I met Madeline. This is your wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. I met uh, my wife. She came into my local pub in Richmond. This would be sort of. Uh, oh, can, can I just clarify this? This is Richmond, London. Richmond, London. Sorry, Seeing yeah. as we have a Richmond yes, up exactly. here too. Yeah, she came into my local pub in Richmond in Surrey. We hit it off, and uh, I managed to cut a long story short, but I managed to drag her back up to Yorkshire. Great. She comes <laughs> from Liverpool originally. Okay. And uh, we moved into this little cottage on the on top of the moors outside Ilkley. Uh, very basic, stri- just water from the stream, no no actual toilet as such, a chemical toilet. And uh, there was extreme winters and everything, which was plenty of hardship with it. But we loved it. One of the jobs I got when I was there, because I did some part-time teaching at various colleges and universities, and... Uh, one of the guys from uh, Stafford College of Art, uh, he'd since resigned from the college and he was now an agent for uh, this sheikh in Saudi Arabia. And he said uh, he wants some murals doing and I've put your name forward or what have you. So uh, again, uh, I did this mural. I mean, this the first one was quite big. There was about 16 murals around the top floor of a huge building in Riyadh and uh, we, the only stipulation was that we had to do indigenous animals to, that's, I'll say we, Doug Binder joined me again to right. do that and we had to do uh, indigenous indigenous anim- animals to Saudi Arabia of which we could choose any, I chose the Arabian stallion and uh, Doug 
Children's camp, I think camels and um, and uh, uh, flamingos. Mm. We, we uh, this was all done on ceramic tiles, you you biggish tiles about twelve inches square mm. almost. And uh, the only way we could do because it, it was a huge, there were so many murals, and we only had this tiny cottage in on mm. the top of the moors there. So we laid, we laid, we sort of got rid of all the furniture, laid all the tiles out on the floor. Oh, you, you didn't go, you didn't actually paint when you were out there. You no. painted in Ilkley in, in, in your Ilkley. tiny little cottage. Yeah, and uh, painted it in sections on the floor mm. and uh, numbered it, the back of each tile, sort of A1, A2, A2 right up to Z300 yeah. or whatever. So it would be kind of idiot proof when it was when it was out there in terms of assemblage. And I said I'd like to come out and see it, and then uh, Bernard, who was the agent, said, "No, I don't think you'd like to. It's it's not very pleasant out there, you know." He gave me some one or two horror stories about the driving, the driving out there, one two, one, the dangers of it mm. and things. But the Sheikh was so pleased with the mural, he asked me if I'd do one for uh, just me, if I'd do one for his palace in Al Kaj. And this was a huge one. It was about I don't know, maybe uh, sixty feet by. 40 or something like that mm. and the only I couldn't do that in the cottage even in sections so we had to do that one in a, in an aircraft hangar near Stoke right so we uh, it was all laid out there on the floor of the aircraft and firing all the tiles as we went along mm. and using real gold as well you know because money was no object for the year no. yeah so that was a, mm. an interesting experience and then uh, and did, Matt, did did you have sorry I'm interrupting you here no, but have you you've got you've got we're given photographs of it so you could see it I've got photographs of the ones on top of the building mm. uh, with the Arabian stallions but I I don't have any photographs of the um, so so you never saw it when it I was never actually... saw it and uh, the reason I didn't get any photographs is because the Bernard fell out with the shake ah okay. so he had to sort of uh, run for his life and get he had to leave <laughs> Saudi and that was sort of no record of it. You got paid for doing it, I oh, hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. if you were using cold when you were exactly. painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was interrupted no, there. No, that's fine. Yeah, then Madeline and I, well, as Madeline initially, she decided she wanted to make rugs. So, and I was teaching at the uh, Cleveland College of Art at the time. We moved up to the northern mm. part, North Yorkshire Moors. Madeline started doing the rugs, and I started to take an interest as well. And then we decided we'd... Uh, that, looking at the texture of the rugs. So Madeline came across, yeah, she came across some jute. So she was making these uh, rugs with jute and then the, the, the jute looked so much like a, a cornfield or a hay, hay mm-hmm. corn or what have you. And I said, you know, so we thought if we, we could carve crop circles in these. So we did, we carved crop circles in the, in the jute rugs and they started to take off. We started getting publicity, mm-hmm. publicity with it because you can always get publicity if you if you doing something that's novel, mm. you know, which I discovered through <laughs> the yes. what have you. Yeah, so we, we went on, to, we expanded it to doing uh, labyrinths and uh, crop, uh, yeah, crop circles, labyrinths, zen gardens, mm. various things that you'd find on the earth or whatever, these were the rugs. And they, t- they took off also. I mean, uh, we got some well-known clients, the uh, Tori Amos, uh, Peter Gabriel, quite a number really. Mm. It's quite funny, really, because when we Tori Amos phoned up to it for one, and uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know who she was, and oh. uh, I was at home with my two boy, young boys who were about eight and ten year old then, and uh, she spelt her name. I, I, when I was taking the details down, and I was spelling the name out T O R I, what have you, 
And the boys over at this and said, that's Terry Amos, she's famous, she's in the charts, all this. <laughs> so anyway, Madeline got back, and because I left, I left Madeline to do most of the negotiating. Yeah. So I said, you've got to phone this woman, what have you, you know. So Madeline phoned her and asked, getting the details, and then she said, to, Madeline said, uh, and what do you do then? And she said, oh, I play the piano and write songs. And Madeline said, oh, that's nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Always naive. Yes, yes. It's um. Well, we don't all know everyone, do we? That's no, the thing. No. Yes, and it's probably quite refreshing for her too to have that. Yeah. So Peter Gabriel had a big, huge uh, maze done, and or labyrinth, and his uh, his children love running the cars around the around the labyrinth. You know. Really. Oh right. So these are these rugs are actually on the floor, not on the walls. The, the crop circles are on the walls because mm. it's, it's the fibres are such you don't you can't do want to be walking on them. But uh, no, the, the labyrinths and... Perfect for toy cars, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're actually involved, are you still involved with the um, the textile business now then? No, I mean, we, I think it, it became, we didn't have the premises to carry on uh, making them because mm. Madeline made them herself. So then we started farming, farming it out. But one thing and another, my painting took over more of the time. We were still... We, we just didn't become as proactive. We stopped have, uh, getting publicity intentionally. But if, uh, as happens now and again through word of mouth, if somebody mm. gets in touch and said they want one, we would always do it. Mm. So we, we're still doing them in that sense, but it's not, you know, it's not it, the main. It's, no, it's yeah. not the main. So now it's mainly your painting, is it? Yeah. yeah. No. Yes, and the, the few things around the walls here I see. Yeah. I'm liking. Mm. Yeah, mainly... I've spent a lot of time, mainly, uh, Madeline's always saying, he's always, he just does naked women <laughs> when, when, when she's talking about it, you know. But, uh, yeah, mainly uh, female nudes in a slightly geometric form. Mm. And uh, But now, just so lately, I'm getting into trees at the moment. It's a bit of a right. contrast. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved anyway from Ilkley, from this cottage. I guess you then moved, did you then move up here? From there, or did you go somewhere else? Well, we, we, the reason... I'm, I'm taking you away from the female news, you see, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, I, think the, the, I mean, the reason we moved up to North Yorkshire to begin with, from Ilkley, was because we wanted a, a different type of education for our children. Right. And uh, we knew there was a Steiner school in, uh, in North Yorkshire, so we moved up near the school. And it's a very different... Uh, it's not that we believed in the Steiner philosophy um, or Klein and Sinker. We didn't believe the, the whole thing, but they, they just had certain principles. It was Steiner's belief that children uh, don't need to learn to read and write until they're possibly going on eight, nine years old. That's when they when they finally decide they want to do that. And he said up until then, a lot of the children are mainly learning about what the body can do, you know, science, the playing, games, whatever. And uh, since then, I've discovered that in, that's popular in Germany and uh, they have great results. Also in Finland, who, who are now top of the leagues in terms of getting pupils into universities and stuff, they're the top of the education league in, in the Even in though the world. they don't teach reading till that by exactly. eight. Exactly, yeah. So there's none of this pushing and stress on oh. them, you know. Uh, and I mean, the only thing they, they felt that they could learn easily when they're young with no stress was languages, you know, the oral side of it. But uh, anyway, our children went there and uh, it was way out in the countryside. 
Having been brought up on a, as I say, on a small holding outside Halifax, I've always loved the countryside. And even though, even though I enjoyed London for those 15 years, they were exciting. But they happened at that time in life when you're wanting that kind of excitement. Mm. And after 15 years of it, I'd had enough. Mm. And I just wanted to get back to the countryside. Um, when I left the country with Madeline to come back north, I was kind of, it, it was the trendy thing to do with a good life and all that kind of mm. thing. So I was a little bit sceptical. I thought, well, I'll probably get back and I'll be bored six within bored, bored sick within six months or something, you know. And I fully expected I might be coming back to London. But it was just the reverse. I just, mm. uh, I never, I just don't like going down to London anymore. Not know? even for a visit. Not even for a visit. No, yeah. and, different uh, way of life altogether, yeah. isn't it? And uh, I've always liked. Uh, particularly the Yorkshire farmers, they've got a dry sense of humour, you know, which I can... Yes, you know, the Yorkshire so, humour is certainly yeah. a different yeah. <laughs> different type. And certainly. I just love their way of life and mm. uh, I respect it, you know. And, uh, Spades a spade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I would like to have done if I wasn't an artist, but, uh, you know, having suffered with asthma down the years, I'm not physically capable of doing any farm work mm. at all, you know. I used to help out when it, whether it was hair-making time mm. or... Like but then that. I think you get to a time in life where you need to be a bit more gentle to yourself yeah, too. Yeah, you do. But you're saying then that inspiration now is more... You, we, I did interrupt the nude ladies <laughs> conversation, yeah. but you're going more down the lines of trees now, are you? Is, yeah. is, is that, do you think, because of where you are? It may be. I don't know. I mean, there's some trees that are quite organic in form anyway. They're not unlike the human body, some, some trees, yeah. you know. And, uh, and I do get off on curves, you know, where... I like curves, you know, that's probably why I like the female body, you know, more yes, than the male yes. body. I mean, there are, I do know there are gay artists which do wonderful paintings of, of, of men, but, they, mm. you know, they, they like, the, they're more angular. But you your know. your nudes are quite geometrical, they are, aren't they? But that's because I like to, uh, I like the contrast of the, mm. of the rectilinear and curvilinear. I think the yes. curves look even more... Curved when it's, it's contrast the contrast the, between the yes, yeah. definitely. I t- I'm always trying to reconcile the opposites of uh, like when it comes to the color, it's hot and cold colors, mm. dark and light, mm. um, and it's just try, you know, trying to reconcile those two. Really. So, I think in some ways, I mean, that's not unlike the philosophy I get from Mayor Barber, it's, it's about uh, reconciling the it's the balance, you know, it's yeah, the balance, isn't it? To, you yes. know, the male and the female. Mm. And, uh, so, yeah. ca- so, can I ask then, you're, you're still painting now. Do you exhibit? Yeah. Um, Where have you been exhibiting recently? Just recent times. I, I, I just one man show in uh, Rossendale in Lancashire. Mm. Another one at Dean Clough in uh, Halifax. Uh, one at the Bradford College, my old college. Mm. I've got another one coming up in uh, Harrogate in this spring. Just that if people are listening to this and they want to actually go and see some of your work and they're curious enough actually to get more involved, yeah, well, it would be a matter of where, how would they? Yeah, how, well, how the, the, one they in spring, the one in spring is at the Red House Gallery. Mm. The only thing is I can't give a precise date at this moment. Where time. is the Red House Gallery? It's in, uh, I think it's called Cheltenham Mount. It's uh, That's it's, in Harrogate, it's is in it? It's in Harrogate, yeah. Okay, I can yeah. look it up. Yeah. It's just because I'll put that in the show notes, yeah. you see. But right. you don't need to have the dates no. so people can check. <laughs> well, I might be able to give you the dates fairly yes. soon. Yeah, know. sure. We no, just haven't pinned good. it down to us because it's, yes. it's guaranteed, but we haven't so there'll be an exhibition there anyway and if anyone was interested then in purchasing I mean getting to do getting you to do a rug you say you only do you do them rarely now 
Yeah, it's as I say, if if we if if it's requested. Yes, so I mean, be, that have, would be Madeline, would it? We yeah. do that. Yes, if, I mean, if it's requested, but yeah, certainly. we design them together. Mm. But uh, Madeline takes care of the that whole business side of it. I'm too busy with the painting to. You're doing all the painting. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be a matter of um, of getting in touch. Do you have a, a website or? Uh, we do. We have a website for the rugs, mm. uh, which is uh, uh, www dot amazed ltd.com and that's a-m-a-z-e-d ah, ltd. play on words yes good one yeah right so they can have a look at that certainly yeah. yes and no, I it's just got a... my own personal website it's time you I did I, mean, I need to get that underway so. well I guess if anybody wants to um, wants to know they could at least email through the podcast if necessary yeah. or through us and if they want to see what kind of work I've done they, mm. they can just look if they type in if they google Dudley Edwards artist mm. then we'll get they'll to, find yeah. you yes there's quite a lot online about you already yeah <laughs> I mean I, did, I got to I, I did I just digressed with a, did a bit of photography mm. not long ago it was the the Northern Valley in Leeds oh right uh, they asked me to take some photographs of uh, the dancers in rehearsals and that was for it uh, and then the photographs went on show at Harvey Nicks in Leeds and there was an auction there the money going to uh, ambulances, Yorkshire ambulances mm. for ch- for children. And, no, that's uh, good. Yeah, so that uh, that went well. It got a few thousand for the children. So it sounds like you're still pretty inspired then, artistically, oh, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. It doesn't stop, I guess. No, no. So then I'll ask you a question. I asked um, another um, artist that I, who I was interviewing. Do you think being an artist then that you're actually born artistic, or is it something that you're taught? I think. I mean, there are there are evidence of good good artists who who didn't show any inclination until later in life, mm. but I think for some people, it for like for me, it's a, and like for a number of other artists, it's a compulsion. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I can't, you can't stop. No, I can't stop, and you know. <laughs> and why would you want to? Yeah, so you know, when I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it. Yes, know, and, uh, uh, and even though it's uh, it's hard work sometimes, and it's not sometimes it's not. A lot of the time, it's not pleasurable, isn't it? No, I mean I don't enjoy painting. So I enjoy, so, I enjoy the results. If 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 the if I can reach the solution that I'm after, then I'm, I'm, and the thrill I get then is is worth all the uh, the effort. You know, I can imagine. I mean, I'm not artistic, and the frustration to have something in your head that you cannot put down on paper. Yeah. It's quite. It can be quite frustrating. Yeah. I usually get there, but it's it's mm. it's always a toil, you know. It's a toil. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'd I'd never really thought of it like that. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, I've, I don't have much time for a lot of contemporary work. I mean, the 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 Brit the Brit British art set, you know, Damien Hirst and Tracy Yemen and all that. No. I've no time. I mean, I tend to look. It's not my cup of tea. I know some people like it, but yeah. it wouldn't be for me either. Well, for me, then you know, uh, they're still wet behind the ears. They're not long since left college, and uh, you you get somebody like uh, the Japanese artist Okasai. He was painting into his nineties, and uh, when it, when he was on his deathbed, he said, "If I could only have another five years, I think I could call myself an artist." And I thought, like, <laughs> "Well, how can you, you know?" Yes. So it, ever still since striving it, to get yeah. there. So I mean, I mm. even feel self-conscious when I'm using the word artist. You know. Mm. Well, I yeah, think but, you can uh, call yourself an artist, <laughs> definitely. But uh, you know, I mean, I take most of my influence from pe- pe- you know a lot of the artists who were around at the, in Paris at the turn of the century. People like uh, Medigliani, Picasso, Degas, Manet, 
uh, all those guys that are around there in Brancusi, you know, mm. you just think it was such a special time, you know. And yes, they were, definitely. And they were all very great artists, you know. And I thought, I don't think we've, re- you know, I think we've lost something since they went, you know. Mm. It's a shame. Yeah. But then different things come along, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess with all the digital things that are going on now, the fact that this is real real art, isn't yeah. it? It's not just... Well, I think the, the, a lot of, you know, there a lot of youth today or a lot of people, they don't have the attention span, mainly because the, everything's... Click, too too immediate, instant immediate, gratification, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, they'd find it a yawn to have to sort of stop and study something for any length mm. of time, you know. Whereas uh, I still in, enjoy that. Yes. No, well, I'd just like to say thank you very much, Dudley. It's You're been welcome. really fascinating talking to you today. Oh, I enjoyed it, yeah. <laughs> so, so, thank you. So, this is uh, Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire. Thank you. Thank you.